Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We play some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Don't mind me. I'm just trying to make plans to get my keys out of my locked car. 1003. 1080 The Fan. Football Sunday. If I sound sad, it's because I low-key am. You know, and I just decided, you know what? I have uh, insurance. You know, and everything. I don't really need AAA, too. That was stupid. That was dumb. But oh, I think I just figured something else out. I think I might actually be okay. I'm going to figure something else out as, as I get out of here. But uh, there are a lot of teams that are not okay today. There are a lot of teams that are walking on pins and needles because today could be their final opportunity to make a name for themselves and to get themselves into the NFL playoffs. We there's a, a lot going on today, so we might as well. Is it is it fair? Should we just start at the top? Just the, just the, the the main thing. Yeah, clearly. Okay, so we're going to talk about the Seahawks and the Rams and our West Coast bias because that's really that I think that deserves its own. Uh, it's a rivalry. Um, there's an opportunity. Whomever wins this game is really going to win the NFC West. So we're going to talk about that in itself. But the big game today is. The Pittsburgh Steelers playing host to the New England Patriots, um, a game that's at 125. I don't know why this wasn't flexed into the primetime game. Who's the primetime game tonight? Who's who's Sunday night? Oh, I don't even know right now. Um, Let's see who the Sunday night game is. It's it's somebody. I bet you it's, it's not going to be as good as Steelers-Patriots for sure. Tonight's game is Dallas and Oakland. Like I said, oh, that's not going to be anywhere near as good as the Patriots and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh last week coming off um, a big win. They needed it. Um, the Patriots coming off uh, a big loss, which they didn't really need. The Patriots are currently in second place in the AFC, but a win for the Steelers would vault them into first place overall in the AFC, and they would be the number one seed. They would get the first first round by and get a chance to, to move forward like that. So today is a huge, huge game. They can secure home field advantage if they do. Now, if they lose, they, come, they become one game of falling out of a first round by. Now, they'll still be a – they'll be the two seed still, but – they won't be the number one seed if, indeed, they have to go to, let's say, New England to play for the AFC Championship. This game is huge only because, and it's really, it's much bigger for the Steelers. I think the Patriots are the one team, they'll be fine on the road. As long as you have Bill Belichick, as long as you have Tom Brady, and he's still quasi 
able to get you to the finish line, you're good. You're going to get Rob Gronkowski back. And the big thing about today that I don't think a lot of people are saying is the matchup that would have happened between Ryan Shazier and Rob Gronkowski. That's going to be a problem because now all of a sudden the middle of the field is wide open with arguably the big, the best weapon in the NFL and Rob Gronkowski. Shazier was a, a linebacker that could do everything and everything included covering guys like Rob Gronkowski, like Travis Kelsey, like Antonio Gates, who is still a very good NFL tight end. Just go ahead and ask Phillip Rivers. That's going to be a problem. You look at this game and you look at star after star after star, which is crazy to me that they didn't, they didn't flex to the 530 spot. So just think, in one game, you have two Hall of Fame head coaches. Say what you will about Mike Tomlin. Like, we know what Belichick is. Let's go ahead and get that out there. Mike Tomlin is a great coach. Mike Tomlin's guys love playing for Mike Tomlin, and he's won a Super Bowl, and he's been to two of them. So we know that he's able to do what he does. Antonio Brown, arguably the best receiver in football. Rob Gronkowski, easily the best tight end in football. Uh, Tom Brady, Hall, first ball, clearly first ballot Hall of Fame, GOAT. Big Ben Roethlisberger, clearly first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best arguably top 10 quarterbacks of all time. You know, you have the best running back in football right now and Le'Veon Bell, who is every, anything but stoppable. You can do everything but stop that dude. Then you look on the Patriots sideline and you see a guy like Deion Lewis and you see a, a guy who's emerging like Rex Burkhead and you see a Brandon Cooks. Like this game has stars all over the field and really whoever wins this game, I think is going to be the team from, that represents the AFC in the, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, it's well, clear. The That's already so, clear. Like you know, but whoever I, wins this game is I, definitely gonna go. I I don't know if it's a definite. I I think that you can make an argument for a team like Jacksonville. the Jacksonville Jaguars, where you know, yes, they they have the kryptonite and Blake Bortles, where if you're gonna put it on his shoulders to win the game, which and typically in the playoffs, the quarterback needs to win a game or two, then yeah, probably it's not gonna be Jacksonville. But at the same time. With the defense they have, the ability to run the ball the way that they've done, and Bortles actually being a competent quarterback when he doesn't have to try to chuck the ball for 350 yards and five touchdowns a game, it, they do have the formula to make it to the Super Bowl. And, and to be honest, going in their favor, too, nobody's really talking about them. If Jacksonville, thank you for bringing the Jacksonville Jaguars up because that brings us to our next team. They play the Texans today. And if they win, they're going to clinch a playoff berth, but they will not clinch the AFC South, but they will be going to the playoffs. That is more than I think anybody could have asked for the Jacksonville Jaguars blown away. this season. I, I think all of us were blown away. And then we saw right around week six, seven, how damn good this defense was. And we're finally like, okay, I think Jacksonville is here and they're here to stay. Uh, the Chiefs were able to get a 30-13 to 13 win over the Los Angeles Chargers. It's so strange to say that. I'm trying to condition myself to say Los Angeles Chargers, L.A. Chargers, not San Diego Chargers. The Chiefs uh, rebounded, you know, after their AFC West lead was kind of shrinking a little bit, and so they really, really needed this win. Um, the, the, the Tennessee Titans, they play San Francisco today. You know, at the very least, they would keep up with the Jaguars, you know, keeping the possibility of potentially uh, clinching the AFC South uh, by winning their last two games. 
Okay, so there's a lot that has to happen for them. Mar this is Mariota's opportunity to see if he can finally get his team uh, to the promised land. Is he banged up? Is he out? Is he out? Uh, no, he'll be he'll be in. Um, he, they say he's actually healthy now. So, yeah. and so, uh, but because the Titans are playing an NFC game, uh, this isn't a week for them to make a tiebreaker. Uh, progress in the wild card race. So there's a lot that needs to happen uh, for the Titans. Man, the, the the Buffalo Bills. Listen to some of these teams that are in the playoff race this year. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tennessee Titans, the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, the L.A. Chargers. These are the AFC teams that are possibly will be representing their conferences in the playoffs. You know, Now, a little more needs to happen for the Bills and the Ravens to make it. You know, a victory over for the Ravens, a victory over the Browns uh, would keep them in the wild card race, but they also need uh, the Chargers to lose. They're going to need the Bills to lose. They're going to need a lot of things to happen. Moving over to the NFC, the Eagles are clearly the team that people still are really leaning on. You know, losing Wentz last week was a big blow to football fans, but knowing that Nick Foles was going to be the person to back him up, I think gave a lot of people some hope. I think a lot of us remember the Nick Foles season when he had like 28 touchdowns and like two picks. So you know the kid knows how to play football. Now he just gets to stay and get in there and just try his best not to make any mistakes for this really, really good Eagles team. So uh, they'll clinch home field today throughout the playoffs. Um, yeah, and the, the one thing about the, the the Philadelphia Eagles, too, is is Foles doesn't have to do everything. They, they're more of a running team than they are a passing team. Now, yes, they are. Wentz threw a lot of touchdowns, but he was able to do a lot of play action. So it, it, it's it's Wentz's ability to, to really be almost I'm not gonna call him Russell Wilson, because that's that's I think that's a, Russell Wilson has reached a point to where when you compare people to him, that might be a reach because he is that good. But his ability to really make things up and just kind of improvise and still kind of make passes and make plays, that's the thing that makes Wentz really, really good. Will Nick Foles be able to do that? We'll see. But they do play the Giants today at one o'clock. Um if their victory is combined with the Vikings' loss, uh, they're going to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. That includes over anyone in the AFC. Minnesota, you know, they will clinch the AFC, or the NFC North if they beat the Bengals today. I think we all know that they're probably going to beat the Bengals today. So be on the lookout. If your team is in the playoffs, man, let us know how you feel about it. The, the, the Saints have an opportunity to steal the, AF, the NFC South uh, with the win over the Jets. Um the, the, the Panthers are 9-4 and four as well. So there's a lot of teams, especially in that NFC South. Things look very, very convoluted there because you don't know exactly who it's going to be. But coming up next, we're going to talk about the NFC West. It's the Rams. It's the Seahawks. It's the lead in the NFC West on the line. We're going to talk about that next right here. Football Sunday on the fan. It's time for some West Coast flavor. Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I had an ear in my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in-depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Straight West Coasting, West Coast Bias with Rashad Taylor. Uh, Mike Lynch is I think he's I think he's in town. He's just at the house um doing absolutely nothing with sound which sounds phenomenal to be able to sit there and do nothing. So 
Lynch will be back next week, I believe. You know, you know, Jesse, I don't remember you really missing too many shows. I think you might have missed two. Um, I don't miss very many shows. I miss maybe one or two a, a year. Yeah. So I'm, I don't really miss a lot either. Yeah. I'm, um, yeah. I mean, no, we're, we're typically together. I, I, Lynch is probably the one that's most... Like salary, he can leave. Yeah, yeah and that he works the most at the station, so he deserves it. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. Shout out to the great Mike Lynch and all the other fan personalities who are who get it in throughout the day and throughout the week to make sure you guys can have quality program unlike our show today. Um, West Coast bias means that we talk about the teams here in the West Coast. So if you have West in your you know, and your division's name, then we're probably going to talk about you. We spent a lot of time through this show's history talking a lot about the Seahawks, talking a lot about the Rams, talking about that rivalry. And today I think that rivalry becomes as real as ever because the Rams have an opportunity to clinch the NFC West with a win today. If they, uh, no, excuse me, they would, they would keep their lead um, I believe they would have a two-game two lead. division lead. But yeah. if Seattle wins, then that means Seattle will own the tiebreaker over the Rams. And so that means Seattle will be the team that eventually goes ahead goes and wins the NFC West. Most likely, yes. Most likely, more than likely, unless there is a complete meltdown at the end of the season, last couple games where they just completely let him go and the Rams pick those games up. It would take Seattle basically to lose one of their final two games, the Rams to win out. So that that's the scenario if if the Seattle wins for the Rams yes. to still get the division. So so for whatever reason, and much like the Patriots last week at the Dolphins, people within their divisions just play each other better. Like there were years when the Rams were the down team, and I'm using the quote fingers here in the NFC in the NFC West, and everybody just kind of expected them to be the doormat. But they would always figure out a way to beat the San Francisco 49ers when they were good. And they'd always figure out a way to split games with the Seahawks when they were, you know, at their very best. Going to Super Bowls and competing for opportunities to play in the Super Bowl when for the Seahawks, the Rams were still that team that was kind of punching them in the mouth. Now everybody sees the Rams coming. It's not a fluke anymore. It's they know that your defense is legit. They know that you have some offensive weapons that have finally come to play. You've added some guys like Sammy Watkins, who still doesn't look like he's paid dividends, but every now and then he'll do something to make you go, oh, okay, that's why he's there. And maybe once he gets more and more confident, he'll start playing, you know, like the Sammy Watkins that was drafted, what, third overall, and the guy that we saw at Clemson. Yeah, yeah, and and – you know, he's done enough to make teams go, well, we can't ignore this guy, which is what the Rams needed out of him in order to make this the balanced offense that they are. Because that is one of the things that's made them as a team effective this year is the balance that they have as far as spreading the ball around to Cooper Cup, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods. Um, you get Gerald Everett involved at the tight end position every once in a while, dumping it off to Todd Gurley, letting Todd Gurley run between the tackles and all of a sudden you have one of the most balanced offenses in the league and that you know you don't need to pass the ball to Sammy Watkins nine ten times a game which uh, I mean I wish they did from a fantasy owner's perspective but they don't need to because they're balanced and um, but he has paid in that respect is that he is a guy that teams have to respect and you can't ignore Sammy Watkins is somebody who's been playing some okay football. Cooper Cup is still really trying to come into his own. But Todd Gurley, 
has become uh, quietly, I guess, for a lot of people, um, one of the best, one of the biggest attractions in football. Uh, the thing that this kid is able to do um, is is crazy. He doesn't get hit a lot, which is which is weird, you know. And he's somebody that I think if 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 he stays healthy, and I'm not going to wood. I hate talking about health when it comes to any NFL player because it's almost like jinxing them. So I'm not going on wood as I say any of these things. But I, I mean, I think there's somebody just right on the heels of Le'Veon Bell as far as being the guy as far as running backs in the NFL. Yeah, I mean it. I. Can't can't disagree with that. The way he's been used, you know, last year, um, a lot of people thought that maybe his four he basically had four amazing games to start his rookie season, then kind of went average after that, and he was very average in his sophomore year. One, you typically some a lot of players have a sophomore slump. There's a reason why that's a saying. And two, I mean, we've all realized what Jeff Fisher was for that team, a downgrade for every single player. He he made um Great players like Todd Gurley, very average. So um, I, I think it's quite possible to say, yes, behind Le, uh, Le'Veon Bell, you have a guy like Todd Gurley, Gurley who is literally capable of doing everything. I think the only person that can really um, have a say in that is a guy like David Johnson, who we didn't get to see this year because he hurt his wrist in to start the season. But, I mean, you think about, like, that's the caliber of guy that, that he is and – you know, and then you think about all the other weapons there are on that team, and then they have a solid defense. Wade Phillips anchoring that defense. It, real, really high upside for the future of that team. So over on the Seahawks sideline, who will be playing host today to the Rams, they have what I think is probably the, I mean, I, I consider him the MVP um, right now. Uh, I just look at what he's able to do and with how little he has to do it with, and that's Russell Wilson. Um, again, I'm not a Russell Wilson fan. I think he's incredibly rehearsed. Uh, but that being said, man, when he gets on the field, there's no rehearsing what he's able to do. Like he, his ability to improvise and really make things happen. How good would the Seahawks be if he wasn't their quarterback? Like they're just another, they're just another bad team with the kind of okay defense at this point. Russell Wilson is the life juice that makes the Seattle Seahawks relevant. Yes. Without that dude on your squad right now, and this is no disrespect to the rest of that team, the Legion of Boom, and all the great pieces that you have on the team, the Patriots have won games without Brady. They've won. There was a season the Patriots won 11, 11 and five without Brady. They won four games last year without Brady. They, they won they, three, three of the four. Three, three, three of the four. four. Sorry. And two, with two yeah. different quarterbacks. Yes. Without Brady. That's not going to happen for the Seahawks without Russell Wilson. You, you even look at a team like the Minnesota Vikings who went through Teddy Bridgewater. And then after Teddy Bridgewater, it was floppy sleeves Sam Bradford. And now the Sam Bradford is out. Case Keenum is leading that team. Like, you can do that in certain instances. That's not going to happen with Russell Wilson. You can't teach what he has. You look at how bad the offense is for the Texans right now because Deshaun Watson bought them something that they just hadn't had, which is an ability to move and to improvise on the go. That's you, the, I love I love Nick Foles. I thought he was really, really good in his first couple seasons. He can't do what Carson Wentz is able to do, you know, and so there are certain teams that will not do as well without their quarterback, and see, the, there's no question that one of those teams is definitely Seahawks. Yeah, I, uh, the, there's a reason why I brought up 
you know, um, Russell Wilson last week with the love, uh, hate it or love it as the MVP because it show me another guy that's doing more with less. Like he's just, he, there's no offensive line. Look at the the rotation they've had at running back position this year. Like none of those running backs have been any good. Doug Baldwin's your best receiver. And um, all due respect, Doug Baldwin's a, a slot guy at so, best at best. And so you're, you're thinking about all the weapons that these guys have and what Russell Wilson's doing with them. These aren't the weapons that they have in LA, LA way more weapons, yeah. like in all, in all aspects, offensive line, running back wide receiver. Um, you know, the only downgrade that you really have from that team to, to the Rams that gives Seattle the edge is 100% Russell Wilson. You're also looking at a Seattle team that last week you saw K.J. Wright get banged up. You saw Bobby Wagner get banged up. They are uncertain as we move into this game. Do you know or do you know if they're playing this afternoon? Um, I do not. I can try to look that up real quick. So there's a lot of question marks around the Seattle Seahawks. And they really started when Richard Sherman and – Cam Chancellor went down, and now you're starting to ask more and more questions. The one question you don't have is: Is Russell Wilson coming to play? So we got we, Bobby Wagner will be um, should be playing today. Bobby yeah. Wagner yeah. will definitely be on the field. Uh, not 100, percent but he should be there on the field for you. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with KJ Wright uh, at this point, but. This should be an awesome game. I'm not really into a lot of NFC West games because they seem to be kind of slow and sluggish. I'm really looking forward to this one because I expect to see a lot of big hits. It's two teams that seemingly don't like each other. The rivalries in this division are real, and so I'm really looking forward to that game. That game starts at uh, 1 p.m.? What time is this game? 105. 105 p.m. You can hear that right here on 1080 The Fan. But coming up next, hate it or love it. It looks like it's just a tailor-made edition today, so get my music ready, Jesse. That's coming, that's coming up next. But first, Long Hair has Sports Center. Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Stay strapped like car seats, banging since the little homie Rob got for his Barclays. For those of you who don't know, for those of you who don't know this song, is what I was trying to say. This is the game in 50 Cent, Better Days, Hate It or Love It, from the games, the documentary, which is a, a dope album. I might listen to that on the way home if I ever get into my car. So, Jesse, get us started, bro. Or get me started, I guess. All right. Okay. This one's going to hit home. Let's hear it. Close to your home. Let's hear it. All right. Tom Brady. Okay. Not been playing very well. No, he hasn't. Like, the last two games kind of... Like, what, he throw one touchdown the last two games? Is that is that what we're going Something for? Something like that. Yeah. Didn't well, get a third down for the first time since 1992. Just uh, rough. Starting to look his age, you ask me. Well, he is 50, so yeah. Starting to look his age. So, with that being said, opposite side of him, it's the opposite storyline. Roethlisberger is hot, hot, hot. 14 touchdowns in his last five games. At home, 
going absolutely insane, but he as well, very old. In fact, Brady not talking about retirement. Big Ben is. Love or hate. Big Ben outperforms Brady today. Uh, I'm going to go hate. Um, I, I think Tom Brady really kind of struggles his first couple dames, or dames, games when he doesn't have Gronkowski. Um, that's really a, a big security blanket that he's been able to use for the past six or seven seasons that nobody else has. Um, you see the tight end becoming more and more prevalent throughout the NFL, and Gronkowski's the best of the best. He's a great, not a, just just a great pass catcher, but he's a great blocker. And for what they do for their run game, and their run game really is a lot of little short passes to guys like you know when Edelman is healthy and guys like Wes Welker made a career of doing those things. Now you're seeing guys like Danny Amendola and Chris Hogan kind of become those those uh, I guess those heroes. But Tom Brady, as long as he has his weapons around him, I think he'll be fine. Uh, again, he doesn't play well against the Dolphins. He doesn't play well against the Jets and Bills. For whatever reason, those teams have his number. He has been able to dominate, completely dominate the St- uh, Pittsburgh Steelers almost every single time they play. Ben Roethlisberger almost looks JV when he plays against the Pit- uh, plays against the New England Patriots. So today, I think Roethlisberger will have a good game as long as you have Antonio Brown and now you're getting Juju Smith-Schuster back. You you, you have an opportunity to move the ball. But I think Belichick is not going to lose two games in a row. I can't remember the last time the Patriots dropped two games back-to-back. So I think they're going to come out pissed because I think they know what this game means. The last time the Patriots didn't get home field advantage, it cost them when they had to go into Denver and play for an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, and Denver got them. So they know how important home field advantage is moving forward. Yeah, it's it's really hard to go with Big Ben. I know how well he's been playing that hot streak. It's just the the history says – that it, the uh, Ben's not going to continue the hot streak, and Brady's not going to continue is, the cold streak. This it's is just the, this is the equivalent of uh, uh, man. Damian Lillard cannot beat Chris Paul. He just can't do it for whatever. He gets the best of most other point guards, John Wall, Westbrook. You know, he can't beat Chris Paul, man. For whatever reason, Big Ben just can't beat Brady. They're they're in the Steelers' head, absolutely. Um, like and there's no it. way they're not, and they know it. All right. Um, so, of the top five fastest touchdown receptions this year, out of the top five, Tyreek Hill has four of them. As you know, Tyreek Hill plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a sophomore, second year in the league. Love or hate, Tyreek Hill, emerging superstar. Love. Uh, especially considering who his quarterback is, a guy who's really uh, doesn't really throw it deep for a long time. Alex Smith was known as Captain Checkdown, so now you got a guy he's he's throwing it deep, and you have a, a threat to be able to beat you for a 65-yard touchdown. There was a stat at the beginning of the season uh, when they played the Patriots that he had five straight games with a 65-yard touchdown. That's crazy. That means he's going deep every time, and you know it, and there's nothing you can really do about it. Yes, Tyreek Hill, and especially if he gets a good, a really solid quarterback, man, I think Tyreek Hill is going to be one of the names we're talking about in the in kind of in the same vein that we talk about Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown and uh, even a, a Julio Jones. Yeah, I uh, I mean, you, you're starting to see some of these guys age a little bit. The guys that you were expecting to kind of 
step into that role, the Mari Coopers, that kind of stuff. Not really no. emerging. And of all, and all the second-year guys that play in receiver, first and second-year guys, man, if you had to pick of any of them, who would you pick first? I'm taking Tyreek Hill. Hey, yeah, you got to take Tyreek Hill. I mean, the, the only guy that I can think at the position right now that's young and has proven to be an elite wide receiver above him is is literally Odell Beckham Jr. That's I can't it. think of another guy um, it in the first four years of his you know of his career and has the upside that this guy has it's it's kind of phenomenal considering last year you were thinking all he was was a little gadget play guy yeah um and that's anything but the truth so sticking with that conference now we, we love talking about it because it's kind of an enigma first you're like okay well <laughs> sorry <laughs> guys are just through a really bad interception um is the fact that we're constantly trying to figure out who's going to win the division over there in the AFC West. And that is, at first it looked like, oh, it's going to be a race between Kansas City and Denver. And then Denver just literally took a big old dump on their season. And then Kansas City decided to do that. And then after starting off like one and four, all of a sudden the Chargers look like they're going to take it over. Last night, love or hate, was the proof in the pudding that the Chargers are going to charge it and the Kansas City Chiefs will win this division? Um, love. Um, the Chargers, I don't think it's fair to say that they charge it. I think they're, they've they've been right there in all those games. And really, they've they've hinged on uh, what Phillip Rivers is able to do. And you look at Joey Bosa and um, oh, those are the linebacker right now that's just phenomenal. That, that pass rush and uh, and was I was almost going to say San Diego and LA has been crazy for, yeah. for the Chargers. There have been a lot of good things to work in their advantage, but then there have been some things that have just kind of gone the other way for them. Like the the, the wind blew the wrong way and they they end up losing the game. That's really been the story of the Chargers. For them, it's just going to be straightening things up and tightening things towards the end of their game. But yeah, this is the Chiefs' division to win at this point. Um, the Raiders aren't very good, and I think they're going to lose today to Dallas. Uh, the Chargers are the second best team in that division right now. We won't, I won't talk about your Broncos, but it's just one of those things. Like you're, you're looking at a team. It's I don't think a division has ever been so winnable, at least in the AFC West, just because it's 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 it was wide open. Now it's clear that the Chiefs are going to walk away with it. It's really weird. Like, uh, and it's just kind of one of those things too. As I'm, you know, as you're watching Philip Rivers throw three interceptions last night, you're kind of th- sitting there in the back of your head is like, is this kind of Philip Rivers' like last? chance to like make a run i feel bad for him man there's guys like philip rivers and i think we'll talk about this next next segment but man there's certain dudes that i wish just played for someone else and i wish just had an opportunity to to win philip rivers and antonio gaze are two of those people as a bronco fan i've i've always you know i've hated philip rivers because he plays for the chargers but at the same time you take him in a second dude i would i respect the like he's a winner he loves like he he's a competitor. He's just played for the Chargers, and whether it's been bad luck or bad decision making, they've just never been able to pan out. And it he he is one of those guys that's probably one of the most underrated, unrespected players at the position for what he's done, just because of just the bad luck. Like, yeah. but if you listen to the guy, like interviews, I don't know how you can't root for the guy. No, of course, of course. And he's got like nine kids, man. Eight, so. yeah. Eight kids. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. He's got a whole <laughs> whole starting baseball team on his team. Well, that's hate it or love it. We do it 
every single Sunday at 1030. Um, sometimes 915, depending on if we're done by 930. But you can make sure you interact with us all day on the Bridgeport Beers text line. We got a text here that said, it's great that we have the Browns to make us laugh in these tough times. Reliable comedy geniuses. Absolutely. Are. Like, <laughs> you know, the minute you want to just say, man, oh, here come the Browns. Then it's like, oh, there go the Browns. You're right. So uh, coming up next, um, sports right here. Football Sunday. Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Ten forty-six. That music is glorious. For those of you who don't know, I'm a huge wrestling nerd. This theme song belongs to one Bobby Roode, my son's favorite wrestler right now. So this song is very inspirational to me. Sometimes when I need a lift. And I need to hear something, I'll put the song on and just feel better about my situation, low-key. Well, I'm glad you got the, the W today then well, after the start that you had. Yeah, I mean, I, d- I definitely needed it. You know, it's, I, this is how you finish strong in the fourth quarter, you know, after a rough start to the to the game. So uh, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, man, the day started on a pretty effed up note. Uh, Locked my keys in the car. Um, my insurance is telling me I don't have insurance, which I know I do because I just paid them on the 29th. So I'm a little curious as how I don't have insurance today. So, uh, you know, that's something I got to get figured out. But it looks like I got another 13 minutes or so to kind of get that part figured out. But we'll see. But as we're sitting here talking and, and we were talking about uh, some of the guys that um, – Philip Rivers, really, and we have a text here on the text line that we'll go ahead and read the Bridgeport Beers text line, that is. And um, Philip Rivers is one of those guys that I kind of wish didn't play for the San Diego slash L.A. Chargers just because, man, he's so good, and he's been so good for a long time, and his teams, be it injury or whatever the case, just fall apart. And I remember at a time when the Chargers were competing with the Patriots as the best team in the all in all of the AFC, you know, and had an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think they played the. Who was that that year that they played? Might have been Pittsburgh. I couldn't remember. I think it was, was. Pittsburgh. I think that wasn't that 2004 or something. Uh, I want to. I want to say it was later than that. I want to say like 2007. Might have been. Eight. Yeah. No, not 2007 because that was the the Patriots year. But I want to say it was 2008. Um, but he's just one of those guys that was so good for so long, and you wish he would put put on a different team just so you could see if he have an opportunity to win. You know, Barry Sanders is widely regarded as one of, if not the greatest running back to ever play in the NFL. There are a lot of people that would lot Barry Sanders as the greatest running back to ever play the position. But he never won. And so when we start talking about the greatest of all time, people are more than likely going to say Emmitt Smith first. They're going to say Sweetness Walter Payton first. They're going to say, some would even say Jerome Bettis. I wouldn't. But the fact that these people have Super Bowls is the reason that they are lauded as, as the best ever. It's unfair because, man, Phillip Rivers has been as consistent a quarterback as you can find. And Antonio Gates, I mean, there, there are times, I don't even know if Antonio Gates played at times. And then there he is, catching touchdowns and, and making big blocks and making things happen for his team. There's certain dudes that I just wish were able to go ahead and man, follow their dream and try to try to win a championship like I don't want I hate when players are loyal to a fault Kevin Garnett was loyal to a fault 
if he had left long before, he probably would have had two or three championships, you know, with Boston or whomever else. But he decided to be loyal to the team for that long and stick around and hope that they could build something. And it just didn't work. And so now I'm looking at a guy like, and we don't talk a lot about offensive linemen, but Joe Thomas. You know, he has been one of the best offensive linemen in football for the past, what, seven, eight years? Somewhere around there? He plays for the Browns, though. Yeah. So you're never going to be anywhere near competitive for the most part. You're not going to win anything more than possibly four games. This year you're going winless. Like, it, that sucks if you're, if you're a, a guy like Joe Thomas. Like, for me, it was awesome, awesome to see um, uh, Long, um, Jake Long, um, go and play for the Patriots for the one year and get his championship, man. Somebody that can contribute to that team and has been playing and paid his dues for that long, man, he should be able to go out there and try to get a championship. J.J. Watt deserves an opportunity to compete for a championship. I'm, you, you know me. I'm, I'm one of those guys that's never going to bang on a guy who played his five-year contract, didn't get anywhere with the team, and decides that I'm going to go somewhere where I can win because uh, – what does loyalty get you in the long run? It does, I mean, I, it just gets you, oh, well, you didn't win a championship. You don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame type of deal when, like, and so you were loyal and you, you screwed up your legacy and your history. And there, I like loyalty, but not loyalty to a fault. Like, you know what I'm saying? Ask me if Megatron would still be playing if he played somewhere else where they were winning, if he had an opportunity. Barry Sanders. Absolutely, he would. There's no question about him doing it. I think when you lose for that long, it's like, eh, I'm good. I don't want to do this anymore. I, I don't want to play football right now. I'm getting my body banged up for what? For four wins a season? Six wins a season? Along those lines of Megatron, Matt Stafford is somebody that I was like, man, I want him to get out of Detroit. I would like Matt Stafford to go anywhere. You, you, could you imagine you give Matt Stafford what the, what the, what the Giants who are scoring right now have? Give him a Sterling Shepard and give him a uh, an Odell Beckham and let's see what he's able to do. Because we saw what he was able to do with the Megatron. So you give him two of those guys and and let's go ahead and see. Man, Larry Fitzgerald. I don't think there is another dude in football, a more likable. Um, I think everybody cheers for Larry Fitzgerald. Man, I want him to get a ring so bad. Like I just wish he like he would have taken he would have been the guy that would have taken that one year deal with the Patriots and just been like, yeah, I'll I'll come and run the slot. Like like, how nice would he have been, like, this year the, uh, for, you know, we don't have Amit, uh, no, we don't have Edelman, but we got, <laughs> we got Fitzgerald. But. Yeah, I think that would have been huge. And I was really pulling for Fitzgerald to go to a Pittsburgh, to go to a New England, to go somewhere to where he would really have an opportunity to compete for a championship and compete for one soon because he's, he's been an ambassador of the game and a great ambassador of the game for, I remember him killing at Pitt. That was yep. I used to play with them and call it the college football game, and that was like in two thousand four. A ball boy for Randy Moss, man, come on, like man. the and history then basically grew that up he to has, be Randy Moss. Yeah, I mean, the, his history is uh, phenomenal. Like he's a way more likable version of Randy Moss because he's not a diva like all other wide receivers are. All he does is go out there, catch all the balls that are thrown his way, doesn't drop them, makes big plays. Like I think he has one of the most memorable plays in a Super Bowl ever. He just didn't win it because they scored too dang fast. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple messages here on the Bridgeport Beers text line. Phillip Rivers is a Romo clone, not worthy. Uh, the Chargers were better off without him. That's from the homie Jay Money out there in Vegas. What's up, Jay Money? Uh, Eli Manning won two Super Bowls with less talented teams. I don't know if I agree with that. 
Um, I think those giant teams, those defenses were more than solid. Those were some of the best defenses in football. Uh, he, that's, he had Plaxico Burris, you know, who was a really good receiver at that time. Um, that defense really won that game for, for Eli. So I don't know if I would really say that he had less talent than um, – and plus, he had Tiki. I mean, Tiki didn't win a championship. It was the year after. It was the Tiki year after Mar- he retired. retired yeah. That he got a championship. So, it was. It wasn't like that. Eli didn't have talent. He definitely had some talented guys on his team. Well, just think about the opposite. Like, like I said, the Chargers charging it up. Like that. That doesn't just encompass them screwing things up. That that encompasses the fact that. They've had horrible luck. It's either every year it's either like we made bad decisions in the offseason, we made bad coaching decisions, or or we're just having bad injury luck. Like that happens to the Chargers every year where the opposite it was like we lucked out to get into the wild card position to get into the playoffs and we lucked out with a, you know, uh, David Tyree crazy helmet catch that is iconic for all time. Like it's been an absolute opposite storyline for Philip Rivers and Eli. They both had talent. It's just when Philip Rivers has had that opportunity, his teams have been able to make the plays. Is is they've been able to get in that position, whereas the every year it's like the Chargers seem like they're gonna get in that position, and then they do something like they did last night, where they just totally fall flat on their face in Kansas uh, in Kansas City or. Or they lose Phil, like Philip Rivers or some weird cog that just keeps that ball rolling. And I, I think he's had bad luck more no, than No, it's anything. been more bad luck than, than anything else. Like, I don't know if I would blame Rivers. He's been the only thing that's been consistent about the team. So, you know, we'll put him on a good team, a better team, and see what happens. Because when he did have LaDainian Tomlinson, and Antonio Gates was one of the best tight ends in the league, like, that, you couldn't tell me the Chargers weren't a force. They definitely were. I remember my Patriots losing to them a few times just because they were that talented. So all I'm saying is, man, I think loyalty is awesome. And, you know, you should be loyal to a point. But at the same time, man, go out there and get yours, man. Don't be one of those guys that we talk about as not having a championship. So loyalty is cool. Sometimes it's okay to be a dog dog. Well, that's it. For Football Sunday, that bittersweet music means it's about time to go. I'm going to go figure out how the hell I'm going to get out of here. Jesse is here for... Till about 6.30. Till about 6.30. So I'm not going to be here that long, but we will be here for a little bit. We'll be back next week, though. Uh, I think we have a Christmas Eve show. I I hope we have a Christmas Eve show. I don't know yet. I haven't heard from the big boss that we don't. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. Well, I would love to kick it with you guys for Christmas Eve, so we will definitely see. Mike Lynch should be back for then. If not, he'll be back the following week. It's been awesome hanging out with you guys. Thank you for interacting with us on the Bridgeport Beers text line, 55305. Make sure you get at us on Twitter, at TaylorMade503, at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. For Jesse Osmond, I'm Rashad Taylor. I will see you all next Sunday. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.